So welcome to today's Trend Signal podcast. My name is Adrian Boothy. I'm the head of trading here at Trend Signal. I'm going to be joined by Jerry Miller in a second to go through uh, the news and events that's affecting the markets right now. Today's podcast uh, for the 27th of January 2020 is all about the stock market catching a cold uh, off the coronavirus and massive moves on the markets. And we're going to be drilling into those details, what's been happening. And in the definition section, we're going to be looking at something called the VIX. We're going to be talking about it in the podcast and we're going to go into a little bit more detail a bit later on and I'm going to come back after we've gone through the market news uh, to talk about some of the markets that are um, presenting possible opportunities, key areas of support, key areas of resistance for the FX index and commodity markets. Right, so in this section, uh, we're going to take a look at what happened last week, where the main movement was, what the opportunities were, and perhaps how we could have got on some of those moves. So, Jerry, um, let's hand over to you. So, so what happened last week then? Uh, well, it was uh, what well, we're going to be talking about this a lot the coronavirus, uh, which is now pretty much well known by most participants. Uh, the new uh, virus, it's a, a respiratory virus that started in Wuhan that is. Uh, attempting to be contained but uh, it's creating a lot of uh, uh, noise a lot of effect on the markets and it's something that is becoming more and more of a, a defining factor certainly this week for last week markets we had the FTSE down 88 points something like that just over one percent the Dow Jones and the S&Ps and these all fell really on the back of the coronavirus so uh, the Dow is off 350 odd points which is about one and a quarter percent the S&P's they were down 34 a bit less third, uh, that's uh, um, about just over one percent other main markets uh, the DAX um, uh, up 50 curiously enough that was on the back of a slightly weaker euro which helped push um, German markets higher uh, but actually believe it or not Adrian US markets had their worst week for four months um, as this coronavirus takes hold, um, we can get on to that. that well, this, delay. It, this week's looking already worse than that, isn't it? Yeah, but it, but it's, it was all done in one day. Look at the S&P chart that we're showing on screen at the moment. I mean, you know, the yeah. first four days were just sort of limping along sideways and yeah. then uh, just bashed on uh, on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, it says something about the uh, how strong the gains have been in these markets that a fall of just over 1% on the S&P is the worst fall in four months. That's unreal, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, we talked about a bear market definition last week, and you think twenty percent? Surely it's done that last in the last decade. Yeah, but, yeah. No, not one day, not one day. So here we are. Um, obviously, with the markets are falling sharply now uh, on Monday morning. Uh, we've got the FTSE and the DAX both off, going near two percent. Uh, Nikkei fell. Well, it's closed now, obviously, but one point six percent. So significant falls, and more falls likely. Uh, I'm absolutely certain. Well, uh, as I say, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it, with these uh, equity markets? And I guess when you have a, a market that's so driven uh, to the upside, there's a lot of panic selling probably now. Yeah, I mean, the first things that get hit are the sort of hotels, travel groups, airline groups. I mean, they've been absolutely smashed on the FTSE. They're down sort of 5% plus. Uh, and that's what happened in SARS in 2003. So all those stocks got hit badly. It was sort of more centered on China and the Southeast Asian markets. But, you know, as more cases of uh, Corona uh, virus are uh, discovered in Western economies, I think you're gonna see those markets really come under pressure. Uh, and it wasn't helped this morning by some bad data as well from Germany, which is, uh, 
undermined European markets, they would, which would have undermined European markets on their own, actually. I think sometimes, though, when you see the equity markets up as strong as they've been, sometimes it's like, just we need an excuse to get out of it. There's been no reason to close longs recently, no. whereas no. suddenly there is a pretty compelling reason. Let's get out while we're still covering a bit of profit, I think. is yeah, yeah, Particularly, yeah. you know, when you're up here, there's a lot of people who are buying still up at, at those levels last week were... You know, should I dare I say it, the last sheep um, of, the, well, of the of the herd, the powder? I don't know what the well, collective is. there's been there's been a lot of that. You could have attempted to pull a top in these markets for the last sort of, four months, but they've just. The point on is that it's very easy for people like that to panic out of things. Oh and go, yeah, ah, and run yeah. for the hills, and that's why you then get a big pullback. I mean, it, basically, um, what what you're seeing is a pricing in of a of a, an economic slowdown. It may be temporary. It may not happen, but for for the time being. You know, there's a feeling in the markets that the Chinese aren't telling the rest of us exactly quite how bad this uh, infection is. And we certainly saw gold go up um, uh, quite a bit, and again, a bit more today, isn't it, over the last few yeah, days? So gold is another classic safe haven uh, instrument, as it were. So in times of stress, uh, when, when traders and investors are getting out of equities, uh, they'll put their money into safe haven assets, assets such as the dollar, yeah. Uh, not often talked about definitely gold uh, the Japanese yen in the Far East um, the, J the Japanese don't like it they don't want a strong yen but as soon as there's a, a hint of anything going on you have a look at the dollar yen chart there Adrian you can see some of these falls that we've seen it's it was modest uh, early on uh, latter part of last week but look where we are now 108.20 odd 108.80 odd I should say These so are obviously when you're looking at foreign exchange it's dollar that's going down against a rising yen just to be clear we talk about dollar yen people sometimes think that's but that's going off no it's the other way around. no no it's the other way because yen dollar will be going up dollar yen will be going down correct we're talking about the number of yen per dollar so if the number of yen per dollar goes from 110 to 108 the yen has rallied yeah that is so that is in effect the dollar falling uh, but it, it Sometimes misunderstood that the yen is falling, but the dollar yen rate yeah, is falling. Exactly. And um, actually, it happened on a lot of the yen pairs last week. We saw it on the likes of Euro yen, Swiss yen, CAD yen, all of them uh, taking quite a hit. Quite a few of them coming to sort of support levels down here. Yeah. Um, actually, I've been looking at quite a few of those myself um, for trades. We might have a look at that into um, markets to watch uh, a little bit later on in the podcast, actually. Oil, that's another one. Um, oil, big, big moves. I mean, you wouldn't think so, looking at the price I've filled up over the weekend, which really uh, annoys me, uh, to, uh, without using too many expletives, but look at oil. You know, that, can, that candle there from the early on in the month when um, the uh, Iraqi US uh, military yeah. action with uh, the missiles being targeted at US bases in Iraq following the assassination of that Qasem Soleimani, um, it seemed an age ago, 65 bucks we got to. This is an, in a month, it's 52 now. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Well, look at it, it's, um, effectively that's come off the 20% the level. So does that yeah, yeah. Well, that, yes, that, in a bear market. Yeah, well, you could, that's exactly the definition of a bear market. 20% yeah. fall, that's exactly right. Yeah, well spotted. Yeah, had, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have your uses. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, coronavirus then, a uh, number of uh, cases increased to nearly 3,000 now, which is uh, pretty worrying though. Although I did notice that the, 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 the suspected cases in the UK up in Scotland turned out not to be. Yeah, they, I think um, they tested 54 people, they've all come out negative. But it's interesting this virus, and I think this is what's starting to worry the market 
as we speak on Monday morning, um, is that they don't. That the, the problem is that they don't know a lot about the, the, the how the virus works, i.e., how long the incubation period lasts, how the the symptoms are displayed, whether it's getting worse, whether it's getting better. But they've now discovered that the uh, disease can be passed on when carriers don't display any signs. And, and, and the problem with that is that there's no point checking someone's temperature because they could still be carrying it but not have a temperature. So what this means is, is that this, this particular disease could spread a lot more quickly than the SARS outbreak. What oh, because with SARS, you, you knew you had it, basically. Oh, God, yeah, apparently. Not that I ever heard anything about it. But I do remember in 2003, you know, there was something like uh, uh, 8,000 people were infected. And this was back in 2003. 20 countries reported infections. Out of those 8,000 people, 774 died. So quite a high mortality rate. Absolutely, but yeah. what you've got to remember is all these coronaviruses, like flu, like the common cold, you know, they have, they're all sort of respiratory and they tend to lead to pneumonia, so water on the lungs, that sort of infection. And, it, and it, apparently 90 or 95% of the uh, deaths are in the old 55 plus age bracket. So it's not something that, that you young people need to worry about, Adrian, it's more old people like me need to worry about it. <laughs> Um, but it, no, it's interesting though. It's interesting that the mortality rate is quite low, about 3% of this. But the fact is, it could easily be a hundred thousand cases. Yeah, uh, because we just don't know. And, and of course, in previous weeks, we've been talking about with the VIX that it's uh, rather low levels. Uh, you know, something is ready to uh, perhaps shock the market, and people have been asking, "Well, what could it be? What what could shock the market?" Of course, we don't know, but here it is. Yeah, here's the surprise. Yeah, I mean, why it, didn't you know? Why didn't I know? Why didn't I know the surprise? <laughs> it it it's interesting. I mean, I, I explained it to. Uh, client earlier on today that it's like that elastic band being stretched we know that elastic bands been stretched we don't know what's going to cause it to snap back because that is the surprise element the point we made last week and the week before was that with the VIX it increases the 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 when, when there is an event it means that the reaction is going to be all the more intense mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it's going to increase the probability of, of that reaction the reaction when it happens will be greater with a lower VIX. Yeah. And so we've already seen the VIX explode. Uh, I don't know, we were talking about earlier on, but it popped up about 15, I think it's seven, 14, 15 yeah, or something. Yeah, fr Friday's close about 15, uh, 14, 6, and then um, uh, today lives about 18 and a half, which is, which is relatively high. Once you get into the 20s, uh, those are real relative peaks, and that tends to be where you might people might start thinking about the bottom uh, of a market. 30 in particular um, and you might think well that's hang on that's that's nearly double where it is now that could happen in a day you yeah. know this is the type of market that can really um, go up what that means is that everyone's panicking panic 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 uh, they're selling they're thinking oh my god these equity markets are gonna go to, to hell but actually that's really usually the best time to think about buying it yeah. you know and, it, it, uh, it looks like we could probably be heading up to that 20 level on the on the VIX um, which might be a bit premature but Already, as you've just pointed out, with the with the VIX trading up at six, uh, 18 and a half this morning, that's a 27% rise from Friday night's close. Yeah, it's a choppy 
choppy indicator, that is for sure. So if you think about it being 18, so we're 14.5 there, so 18 and a half here when we looked at it. Yeah. So that's about where it is now. 20. So, you know, it, it does it, you know, and it doesn't tend to stay up there for too long, no. maybe a few days once it gets above 20. Uh, there tends to be a sort of a major natural level there. So keep an eye on those equity markets, um, everybody, for sure. We certainly will be uh, looking for opportunities to buy, uh, yeah. but uh, although carefully, yeah. I would say. I, I, I would say that for further falls are likely, and uh, when I was looking at this this morning, that was the thing I thought, well, further falls are likely. And of course, before I knew it, looking at the screens again, you suddenly see that the Dow's down 400 points on the day, and this is what a, uh, you know, quarter past 11 in the yeah. morning. Uh, Dax and uh, FTSE all been absolutely clobbered, especially those very sensitive stocks that uh, you know travel, luxury goods manufacturers as well. LVMH absolutely smashed out of court yeah. uh, because all their sales, a lot of their major sales, happen in in the Far East, China, Beijing, uh, Hong Kong, obviously Singapore, and they're all in lockdown. I mean, I wonder what companies like um, Aston Martin are doing. I was reading, listening to an interview on Radio Five Live a few weeks ago, and they're talking about so many of their sales are from China now. Yeah. So fixed upon that, and they've had, they've really struggled after their IPO. Well, well that's uh, right, but, but but that's another reason why the German markets, German car manufacturers, have had to struggle because a lot of their cream, a lot of their profits come from the Far East, yeah. and it was uh, the downtown town that has been induced by the U.S.-China trade war. Um, the first thing that goes, surely, you're not going to not buy a machine to help your factory. You're not, you're gonna, the boss is not allowed to buy his roller or his, yeah. or his uh, Bless him. 7 Series BMW, whatever he might have. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, well, that's useful with the, the, the SARS, actually. We get a bit of context from you know, how, how we could have benefited from it last time, uh, I guess. But what about the week ahead, though? So there's a few bits um, kicking around for next week. Let's have a look at uh, what we don't know yet, which is... Effectively, a, a, a look at the, the main announcements we've got coming up. And of course, you know, updates about the coronavirus, they're going to come through thick and fast. But there are other things that are in the calendar, um, which we can be aware of. Let me just bring that up. Uh, Jerry, do you want to give us a, a run through the main events and yeah, what's sure. been going on there? I mean, before I do, it's, it's important to note, I mean, you mentioned updates about the coronavirus, but that's something that is definitely not scripted. So Absolutely. we don't know when and how those updates will be made. There's people from the Tropical Medicines uh, Institute in London and from the US explaining that this virus is not as deadly as the SARS, etc., but it just may end up affecting more people. But you're right, markets are, they don't tend to do things rationally. When someone gets all this news and it suddenly hits the wires like it did over the weekend about it possibly could have 10,000 cases, not mm. 2,800, that's when the fear factor comes in on Monday morning. Yeah. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to hit that sell button. And that's what we've seen. And the more it goes down, the more people are looking at their portfolios thinking, oh my God, I can't take any yeah. more loss. Panic, panic, panic. Yeah. And that's why you get those big yeah. spiky yeah. moves down. And the, and the question is, uh, is, this is part of the process. And, and I certainly don't think, looking at what happened in 2003 with SARS, you know, that affected the Chinese economy, which lost 2% of its GDP, literally from one, the first quarter to the second quarter. So it, it, it's quite destructive. Um, and, and it's a question of how much investors are going to price in the potential slowdown in economic activity into Western economies, Western yeah. markets. It didn't affect them much. The, there was a lot of psychological effect, but the actual financial effect was nothing like as bad as was feared at the time. But that's the case, isn't it, with the spikes in VIX? It's the fear that Absolutely. drags markets in those directions, not the actual uh, the outcome. Anyway, let's get on to what's happening. It's, it's Chinese New Year. 
um, which has added to the Chinese problems, not just the fact that something like half the population of Wuhan travelled away from the city um, or were in transit, which basically just increases the chance that this virus has been mixed up in the population. There could yeah. be, God knows how many people who are incubating it where the, where the symptoms aren't going to be displayed for another sort of 10 days or so. Anyway, so Chinese New Year all year, so a bank holiday every day. Also in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong authorities are not so stupid to give the whole the whole week off, they let them have a day off. Uh, so there's one bank holiday today. China, uh, Hong Kong market's back tomorrow. And I say that because it's really important because at this stage, there's no place to articulate your view about what's happening in China in the actual Chinese markets because they're shut all week. So the only thing you can do is smash the Hang Seng tomorrow. But that really is under pressure last week as well. So there could be some real bloodletting. Um, be some interesting gaps. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when, well, uh, when there were gaps all over our charts, so you'd expect yeah. more. Anyway, so uh, uh, we've had the German IFO business climate, a very broad um, um, uh, survey of businesses. Uh, we were expecting a continued improvement in the business climate in uh, Germany, and it's something that... It's, it was so beaten up last year and it just looked like it had, you know, bottomed out, was on the way up. And I did, when I was writing my sort of notes on this, I thought, I just wonder whether they're going to have a crap number. And I thought, well, the SARS won't affect it. It's not SARS, uh, coronavirus won't affect it yet. Yeah. But it's just the fact that it's it's a fragile recovery. And there we go, 95.9, quite a bit less than expected. So anyway, that's out of the way. Um, no improvement there. Tuesday, uh, we have... Something that's not on here, for somebody who's relegated, but durable goods is a relatively important number. You probably have to just, just change the filter there, Adrian, that's um, best. Uh, a pickup from last month's week number, so you can see the, it's actually the core durable goods order number, which is the one that ex excludes some of the aeroplanes and stuff like that. Plus 0.4%, it's an okay number. That's uh, keep things ticking over nicely. There is a feeling that the labor market has peaked in terms of its, uh, in, you know, uh, increase as it were so uh, that's something that markets might get a bit more sensitive to some of the other numbers now uh, that may suggest that the um, US economy might be slowing because everyone is suggesting that 2021 is when it hits the buffers long way ahead long way ahead uh, consumer confidence is another helpful number that a lot of economists like to follow so the CB that stands for conference board consumer confidence it's a, a very helpful indicator it gauges the consumer side so how positive consumers are feeling because if they're feeling positive they go and buy goods and if they buy goods hopefully those companies whose goods have been bought do better and it's a leading indicator so it's sort of telling us if the confidence is good now things will be better in a few months time just add back to your, your point about 2021 hitting the the buffers in the states is that a would that be due to the fact we've got the presidential election in november that they'll try and just keep pushing the economy yeah. on just keep yeah applying pressure keep it looking good Exactly that. There's, yeah. that. there's the last thing an incumbent president wants is for the economy to faltering on his watch. Yeah. So the well, it was interesting actually in the UK election uh, last month we had a you know a bit of smelly couple of bits of data just before the the, the vote wasn't there and you think yeah, oh, God, is that going to have an impact or not? Was, I mean it didn't. And but. that was picked up picked up by the other parties as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but of course, yeah, we know the reasons for all of that. It creates yeah. a lot of indecision. Brexit and an election. So anyway, so. Um, Wednesday, uh, normally uh, the US uh, Central Bank, the Federal Reserve meeting, that's the Federal Open Market Committee, that's their rate setting committee, they meet like the Monetary Policy Committee here in the UK, they'll meet 
we call it a monthly meeting, but they, they have eight of them a year, so it's not every month, obviously. Uh, but the reason why it's attracted zero attention in the press is because there's absolutely zero chance of anything happen. Uh, Jerome Powell, the um, chairman of the Federal Reserve, has just said there's, they're not going to do anything and they're going to wait a few months to see how the effect of the three rate cuts that they put through in the last four months of last year take effect. So you can see that no change. No 87.3% uh, no change. Yeah, you're always going to get a few mavericks that might uh, <laughs> suggest something else. But, um, a few hopefuls. Yeah. So the current rate's there and it's expected to stay there. Um, press conference might be quite interesting though, Adrian, because uh, with the coronavirus, isn't it funny? It's like the word Brexit. Suddenly we're having to repeat that. If only they could give us a slightly shorter word, it'd be a bit easier to say. Mm. Uh, but that'll have an effect on Western economies, and it may be something that Jerome Powell may mention in his press statement or press conference at uh, 7.30. And then the fireworks for us, Thursday. We haven't really talked about it much. We have a little bit, but the monthly um, policy meeting for the Bank of England, the Rate Setting Committee, the monthly, mon Monetary Policy Committee, uh, interesting, about a week ago, uh, there seemed to be like a 80% probability of a rate cut. I thought it was a bad idea because it's far too close to the election uh, in December to start changing rates on the back of some dodgy data in December, which was really down to the election and Brexit and all that stuff. But last Friday, we had some really strong uh, purchasing managers data. And I think it just showed well, surprisingly strong growth, and I'd be, I'd be surprised if they cut rates now. And the reason why sterling is rallying is because it seems that more people are deciding to uh, switch their views and that they don't think there's going to be a rate cut now. Well, we had some uh, one of the, the members a couple of weeks ago saying he was voting for uh, a cut, wasn't he? So he's yeah. effectively making it look like there was three out of the, the nine who well, were then going to vote for it. But, it basically but said then it, that's, gone in, that's made it made public, I mean. Yeah, they, they, they basically said if the circumstances were such that they would be open to it yeah. rather than it, uh, ruling it out of court. But I'd say the market believes it's evenly balanced, balanced. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I'd say there's a 25% chance, but um, I'm not the market. Uh, and then Friday, Carney is last one, wasn't it? Uh, he leaves in March. Oh, so March. If there's not one in February, And then finally, because I know we've um, outstaying our welcome, possibly uh, Brexit <laughs> Day on Friday. Uh, yes, we are there under the terms of withdrawal bill. The UK will leave the European Union at 11 p.m. Friday night. Watch those fireworks shoot into the sky, uh, but nothing's going to change. So when you wake up on Saturday morning, you're going to wonder, ooh. This post-apocalypse sort of uh, post-Brexit apocalypse. No, nothing's changed. Absolutely Y2K. Nothing has happened. Everything remains the same until we can negotiate a trade deal, and that's going to happen by the end of uh, December. So, yeah, unfortunately, Sterling. You uh, before you ask the question. Yep, Sterling is going to go up and down, dragged from pillar to post on the back of every advance and every setback in those negotiations. So, uh, we'll be repeating a lot of this in the months to come. I, for one, would actually prefer that the negotiations were kept behind closed doors and you just, you know, I, I don't think it's beneficial for a negotiation to be kept in the to open public. I understand why business owners would want to know yeah. so they can plan for things, but at the same time, it, it, 
it just doesn't seem right. It, yeah, democracy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. All those disclosures. But uh, there we go. Uh, listen, we better wrap it up. But very quickly, a few more results from the US this week. Apple on Tuesday, the big one. Yeah. That company, since its last earnings release, and that's obviously quarterly earnings three months ago, the share price has gone up by thirty percent. Thirty percent. We're not talking about a penny share here. We're talking about Apple that is now worth one point four trillion dollars. I asked my wife to write a number like that down and she couldn't. <laughs> it's a lot of noughts. Oh, and we've also got Facebook and Boeing, but uh, yeah. The disbelief when there was three or four companies vying to be the first company to be worth a trillion and it's now 1.4. It's yeah, just outrageous. It's extraordinary, extraordinary. Google another one. That's hit the uh, trillion dollar mark. So there's a... Well, just, yeah, Boeing. Boeing will be in interesting because the 737s, won't it? <laughs> yeah, they're trying to. They've, got a, they've released a new version of the 777, but uh, it's not great reading what Boeing has done, but um, maybe they're close to botting, botting them out. I know their stock price has been absolutely hockeyed. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jerry, that's great. Thanks very much for all of that. Right, thanks very much uh, for that, Jerry. That's uh, brilliant. So um, now I'm going to look at what we should be trading. Now, it's always interesting when you've got a big sell-off like we've had on the markets you suddenly start to get sucked into opportunities or oh, where's the market movement going to be uh, it's very tempting to just stick orders in just start buying aggressively and so on we just need to take a little step back and let's have a look at what's going on with the markets then shall we so there's been quite a few opportunities uh, quite a few things that i'm looking at and this is the sort of thing to sort of get your teeth into now it really does depend on what the longer term reaction of this coronavirus is going to be jerry's already talked about the flight to quality being things like the yen gold and so on but what's happening on a number of these markets they are now testing major levels of support and resistance so uh, in the case of australian dollar against the yen a number of aussie pairs coming down the yen going up so we're testing that level Level back there from around 73 uh, 75 we've just nudged that level there will we find a base off that level could be an interesting zone We're at the bottom of its natural trading range we're hitting the support level we're also in line with the longer term uptrend in the market as well so if it's going to find a base this could be a good level so we're going to be looking for buying opportunities uh, off this level it might side straight through it it doesn't really matter what we're doing is waiting for the turn first before we then take the buy trade and this is going to be a similar sort of thing uh, across other trading opportunities as well. The likes of other yen pairs equally, uh, euro yen again hitting that support level back from the beginning of December. We're on that level now. Will we find support? Will it reject that number? We'll have to find out. Okay, but those are the sorts of things that we're looking for on the charts. When we look at some of the uh, other markets, we've seen crude oil uh, taking a massive fall over the last few days. Again, very close to the level uh, down here. You can see the red dash there. So we're close to that level on uh, uh, US crude. That's NYMEX crude. We're also uh, looking at the likes of gold. Uh, that's rallying up to that uh, resistance point as well. So there's a number of markets touching those levels. Now, when you look at this chart, it's easy to look and think, oh, God, what a horrible sniper trade that was. But remember, this is against the longer term trend of the market. So we are expecting the market to have small pullbacks followed by bigger moves back higher again. This is what we're seeing at the moment. Will we find some rejection off this level? Again, we're going to sit there with a, you know, 
sitting on our hands, waiting for the reversals to take place off those levels. 1581 could be a pretty crucial level uh, on gold spot. It just depends on how much this coronavirus really does uh, look to take hold. When we look at some of the index markets as well, big sell-offs there as well. FTSE's hitting a big number as well at 74.10. In fact, if I compress the chart up a little bit, we can see a number of times here we've hit that level. Let me just see there. So 74.22, 74.10, 74.29, a cluster of pivot points. Again, the bottom of its trading range. This is again going to be an interesting area to see if we find a bit of a base, find some support, maybe some buying opportunities. But again, just want to be really clear on this. We don't want to get too carried away with ourselves. I'm not buying it just because it's come off. We're looking at context. We're looking at for trends. We're looking at support and resistance. And ultimately, we're then going to look for the turning points. And this is the sort of thing that I mean. I showed this in a, a trade of the day video the, the other day. So what we're going to do is have a look here. This sort of thing we're going to look for. The rejection off that resistance level, that 73.31 level, it rejected it, then came down, then gave the sell trade, and then gave a nice, much more uh, risk-friendly uh, short selling opportunity. That's where we're at. At the moment, we've got lots of markets in this stage. We're probably two or three days away from the tra trading opportunities. It'll then start to reverse. The turning point will be locked in and confirmed, and then we'll get our trading opportunity. What we don't want to be doing is rushing in, buying a market just because it's cheap, shorting a market just because it's expensive, because that can create a lot of loss making trades. Okay, so let's just take a step back. Let's pause for thoughts and let's make sure we've got proper decisions that we're making according to a trading plan that's going to help us to get in the markets. We'll be looking at the biggest moving uh, falling markets at the moment, like so the S&Ps. They've got a long way to go. The next support level is down at that 31.25 uh, level. I think it'll bounce before then, but we're going to be looking at the VIX for a bit of time. I'm going to talk about the VIX in the defining trading section in a second. So that might help us with timing, and that's going to be a different way of finding context, of finding opportunities. But crucially, look for the turns. Look for those indicators turning from green to red, red to green. That's the thing that gives us the trading opportunity. Context is the thing that helps us have confidence to know that now is a good time to take the trade. Of course, you can review all the trade of the day videos on our YouTube channel, on our website, trend-signal.com slash blog, and you'll see all the videos, the analysis we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis where we go through these trades in detail rather than just once a week uh, in this trend signal uh, blog. But you know, quite a lot to look out for um, and look out for those support and resistance levels. So in today's defining trading section, we're going to take a look at the VIX. Uh, now, um, defining trading, we try and get this down to a minute or two, just focus on something that's perhaps relevant to the current market. Last week, for example, just because the market had been going up for so long, we talked about short selling. So those long only investors out there probably don't know what short selling is. Hopefully that was a useful way of identifying that you can make money on falling markets. And we've seen that opportunity just in the last couple of days. So really timely definition there. So this week's hopefully timely definition is looking at the VIX. Okay, V-I-X, you can search for it um, on uh, online, look on Wikipedia or something like that. What is the VIX? 
it's basically what some people call the fear gauge. It helps us work out how fearful the, the market is or how complacent the market is. When we say complacent, it's when the stock markets are just rising, rising and rising. It feels like it's just going to keep on going and going and going until eventually um, it gets into a point where all anyone's talking about is how wonderfully positive the stock market is. And that's usually the sign that we're about to come to a crash. OK, the whole point about the VIX is looking at that contrarian view. When you get the VIX at a very low level, that usually means that the stock market market is approaching a top and when it does come off it usually will come off quite hard so the lower the VIX was when the stock market turns the more explosive that level is likely to be equally when the VIX is at a big high that means that the market is in panic mode everyone's absolutely scared stiff about the trades that they've got on their portfolios and so on they're panic selling and so on but it's usually at those panic times that the best opportunities to buy really do come. And this, let's just get into a bit of detail of what we're talking about here. So what we're going to do is take a look at the US stock market chart here. So what we've seen, the S&P 500, a steady rise over the last several months. OK, now it just carries on and on and on and on and on. The reason that's interesting is because what that means is that, that whilst it's doing that, the VIX will usually go lower and lower and lower and it'll pull back to naturally strong support levels. OK, um, that's useful because whilst the stock market can rally on and on and on, uh, the VIX doesn't. The VIX will get to a level where it usually cannot go much further. And this helps you with timing. Now, I've got to give a little caveat to that. It's much easier to work out timing on a buy trade using the VIX on the stock market than a short trade on the stock market. The reason for that is just simply this. When the market gets down into a level where it is very oversold on the VIX and down at that sort of 10, 12 level, it can carry on rising and rising and rising for quite some time on the stock market. So you can have a bit of a problem there. You've got to wait for the turning points. You've got to wait for the, the right trading opportunities. Where it's much more powerful is when you're looking at the market coming off, which is really the situation we're in right now. You know, the S&Ps, the Dow, they're taking a big hit over the last couple of days. So where can we find the opportunities? Well, we're going to find them by looking at this market like the VIX. At the moment, live, it's trading at about 18 and a half. OK, so this is up till Friday's close. It's like an end of day feed that I've got here. When we get to around the 20 level, around the 30 level, that usually comes to a point where the market is often at a bottom. OK i.e. the stock market is at the bottom which presents us with a potential buying opportunity so if you had a long only stock portfolio it's the sort of area where there might be value to start thinking about increasing your weighting okay so you could say to a certain extent that when the vix is really low you might want to take lift some of your portfolio off uh, when the market is uh, when the vix is very high it's when you want to start load up your portfolio for better value that's a bit of a, a rough guide as i said you can see that it does overshoot from time to time but let me just explain what I mean by looking at the VIX. OK, it shows very natural, strong support and resistance levels around that 30 level is a really important level there. You can see that a number of times looking at the VIX here. And in fact, if I compress the chart further, you can see here around 30. Look at the red lines, a lot of them around that 30 level. OK, that will coincide with a massive bottom in the equity markets. OK, and it usually only stays that level for a couple of days before the market reverses very, very quickly. Do your own research on it. OK, don't just buy the stock market just because the VIX is at 30. Do your research on it. Have a look at it. Similarly, around 20. So we're going to be keeping a real close eye on this fear gauge. OK, the more fearful the market is, the more interesting it is for potential buying trading opportunities. OK, so keep an eye out for it uh, and see if it adds something for your trading. 
Now, if you want to learn more about trading and trading with TrendSignal, uh, the action certainly does not stop at this podcast. So what you want is a more of an actionable content, a way of actually being able to identify trading opportunities, then what you need to do is find your way onto one of our live trading events. Now at these events, we will go through the rules of our trading processes and actually explain those rules and actually help you to start to develop a trading plan. So as we say here, learning three simple rules, three simple steps to help boost your trading results. Now, if you'd like to attend one of these live events, we do four live events typically each week. You can find your way to our website trend-signal.com and there'll be an option to register for a live event there otherwise you can go straight to our uh, booking page and i'll read out the um, short link here which is bit.ly so bit.ly slash learn ts so bit.ly slash learn ts and book yourself in for one of our live upcoming events that we're holding this week um and also if you want to be more aware about the podcast we've got coming up uh you can tune in listen watch you can watch it live on go to webinar you can register on our website there uh, what you can also do is you can tune in on Apple iTunes, tune in on SoundCloud, Spotify, and you can watch and listen uh, on YouTube. And if you want to get priority access to that, just go through to our website. That's trend-signal.com slash trendsignal-blog. So that's trend-signal.com slash trendsignal-blog. All the best, guys. Have a great week's trading, and we look forward to catching you again next time. Bye-bye for now.